1: You're listening to Primetime on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly with Timothy Goh, and Parliament is in session today. Now we have updates on the COVID 19 situation here in Singapore, as well as the risk of infection for young children who are not eligible to be vaccinated. These are among the issues that are being discussed today.
0: Well, earlier in June, the MOH said it signed advance purchase agreements with American biotech company Novovax to secure its vaccine with supplies possibly arriving before the end of the year. Now, other issues that we're going to talk about also in the agenda today concerning work pass holders. Mm. So
1: to get more insights, we're joined now by Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. Zakia, welcome back to Primetime. Thank you. (laughs) So let's start off with COVID because we do have a number of COVID-19 related questions being discussed in Parliament today. Perhaps we can talk about, do we know when Singapore expects to receive its first shipment of the Novavax vaccine and whether there are plans to accelerate its approval here? So,
2: I, I, you know, they, they've said they expect it to be delivered by the end of the year. And I think some of this might be due to certain uncertainties in the supply chain. But from what we know, I mean, Novavax, my, my hunch is I think we might be able to at least get some vaccines mm-hmm. by the third quarter. And I feel, you know, when they submit the data and, and whether it will be evaluated, I, I'm I'm quite hopeful that I think the evaluation should be ready by the end of the year.
0: Uh, Zakir, uh, the MP Ting Ru from Sengkang submitted questions as well about the right. assessed risk for children mm-hmm. who are unable to be vaccinated. Do we know more about this? So
2: I think- you know, a lot of that will depend on the regulatory approvals. I understand that tests are still being done on children in the U.S., you know, to see whether the vaccines are safe for those between 9 to 12 or 7 to 12. But I think in the meantime, I think as the general population is vaccinated, the sense is safe management measures and mask wearing. And I mm-hmm. think some of these practices will continue to be in place in schools. Um, And I think including um, um, some of the ring fencing methods that that we've heard about in the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. So if there's a case in a school, then, you know, um, and then severity and so on, it it seems like the entire class or the entire level may then have to uh, transit to home-based learning at least for a short period. Happening in some of the schools uh, these days,
1: right? Were there any other updates, though, Zakia, which might provide new insights into the government's plans and other aspects of the COVID-19 situation here?
2: So there wasn't. There was a. I thought what was significant was the updates on vaccination. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we heard heard that as of Saturday evening, sixty-one uh, percent of the people of population have completed the full vaccination regimen. But at the same time, that means if we look at 1% a day by the 9th of August, we should have about close to 68 or 69% of people being fully vaccinated. So there's one last push to get, I think, more seniors to sign up for their first dose. And I think what's interesting is there's sort of a related development that was announced um, alongside parliament, or I guess that parliament by the health ministry. And that's the news that seniors, basically all Singaporeans, right, permanent residents, mm-hmm. uh, long-term pass holders. Any any adult who's not come forward for the first dose can just walk into any of the right. 11 vaccination centres that offer the Moderna vaccine without a prior appointment. Now, we know there are about 40 vaccination centres nationwide, about three-quarters of them per Pfizer, which I think... Has been more popular because of the shorter interval between doses and, 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 and it's more uh, widespread. Um, but anyone can walk into the Moderna centers and, and get a job without a prior appointments because I think as more people sign up and more, more slots are available.
0: Okay. All right. So we are on on the way to achieving that 70% uh, vaccination uh, rate that uh, the government wants to target by, I guess, by National Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving That's on, right. to, Zakir, let's talk about what's next on the agenda fabricated or forged education qualification certifications uh-huh. submitted by S-pass holders and, well, people from foreign lands applying to come to Singapore. Now, the MP Gan Tiampo from Ang Mokyo asked how many of these pass holders uh in the ICT sector have done so in the past three years. Uh were there any clarifications on that?
2: Yep, so I think uh what we heard was sort of there were you know in the past three years eleven EP and S pass holders found okay. to have submitted false qualifications and all had their passes revoked. They've also been barred from working here permanently. And what was more interesting was that uh you know they've stepped up proactive screening as well. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and and you know this this is sort of Although the figures are not, um, may not be fully documented. I think I think what they've said is they reject applications that contain, you know, possibly fake or unaccredited qualifications.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Did they talk about how they may be able to avoid even, mm-hmm. you know, having to reject these uh, applications with uh, false qualifications uh, going forward?
2: So they actually have a database of, of institutions that, you know, that are approved. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think what they do is they regularly scan open source reports and research from third-party screeners. Okay. Um, And I think the requirement is for employers to submit verification proof, third-party screeners, to ensure that these qualifications are accredited. And I think that's where I think the employers or would-be employers Mm. then realize that, you know, the the onus is on them to make these checks. and, And I think... That, that's sort of seen as a sort of sieving or we, uh, weeding out uh, before the applications are even submitted. Okay.
1: okay, Zach, what are some of the other key highlights that you'll be looking out for from Parliament this week? I understand we've got a number of bills to be tabled.
2: So I think one, one, one is sort of a, a new bill that was just introduced today.
1: Mm-hmm. It
2: won't be debated today. It will be debated later this month, I think, or next month. Um, But these are the penalties for sexual offenses, including outrage Mm. of modesty. Um, They've been increased after a review of the sentencing framework. And this is in light of some of the concern that, you know, some of these sex offenders and those who committed outrage of modesty were getting away a bit too lightly. Another bill that I think is now being debated today involves um, handing sort of maternity and paternity leave uh, support and provisions Okay. workers. And I think this covers workers who might be on short-term contracts, you know, or who were maybe uh, laid off by their employer just before, you know, their pregnancy. And I think this recognizes that if we are to be a family-friendly environment, Mm. but also at the same time uh, compensate these parents, so there would be some form of compensation for them.
1: Okay. Anything else on that front? Because there has been quite a bit of debate on the social egg freezing front as well. Anything else related to that?
2: Sorry, on the social
1: egg law? egg freezing front. Ah, okay. So none none of that a mm.
2: debate, but I, I expect that some of the MPs may raise that, and and um, I think that might happen in in sort of you know future iterations mm-hmm. of the law. I'd say when 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 they are when they are reviewed as well. But I think that the one, one, other, one other change that I think being debated and I think is being amended is also the fact that, you know, adopted children, benefits will also be expanded for those, you know, who adopt children, but also for stillborn births. And oh. that's that sort of in view of the recognition that, that you know, a child born after... 20 20 weeks, you know, there's still some trauma for Mm -hmm. the parents. And I think extending maternity and paternity benefits to their parents will go some way in in sort of, you know, comforting them and supporting them.
1: Okay. Well, Zakir, thank you so much for bringing all of those updates from Parliament to us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. We've been speaking with Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. You're listening to Money FM 89.3.